Best Halloween Ever by Barbara Robinson Final Chapter Chapter 13 There were several clues like that, but I guess Mr Crabtree never could tie them all together, although he kept calling people into the office to ask what they saw or heard on Halloween night. He mostly asked the wrong people though, teachers and PTA mothers and a bunch of random kids who honestly couldn't tell him anything he didn't already know. Just all the lights went out and you didn't know where you were and there were lots of strange noises and spooky stuff and then a whole ton of candy. Some of those kids also said, Great Halloween. Mrs Wendelken had a lot to say but it was all about Alice's beautiful but ruined costume that never got to win a prize and about the leftover donuts that were donated to the welfare department. So you know who got them. Everybody knew who got them because the herdsmen showed up with donuts every day for a week. Mr Crabtree finally quit trying to figure it out and moved on to Thanksgiving. Although every now and then you would see him go down to the boiler room and poke around the corners and shake his head. Danny and Stuart helped the janitor move the kindergarten slide back to the playground. Although the janitor said he could have done it by himself. Those boys could have moved it. He said it wasn't so heavy. Boomer's grandmother's fur coat turned up along with my father's wash-the-car pants in the lost-and-found box with all the hats and mittens and ugly scarves. Nobody knew how they got there, but everyone recognised the gorilla and the scarecrow because they follow one or the other to the candy. My mother checked out Charlie's candy and divided it into OK, not so good and break your teeth off. And since she wasn't the only mother who did this, everybody had a lot of leftover candy. The fourth grade even went to Mr Crabtree and offered to glue all the candy together in one big pile and set it up in Woodrow Wilson School as a Halloween sculpture. Mr Crabtree said, no thank you. He didn't even look at the picture we drew of it, Charlie said. But Miss Seaworthy gave the whole fourth grade class extra credit for creative thinking. Alice collected all her extra credit for the Halloween assignments and then announced that her, oral that her oral report would be how it feels to be almost electrocuted. At first, Mrs Hazelwood said no. Our oral reports are intended to provide information, she said, that we can all use. I don't think this is information we want to use. Choose another topic, Alice, of more general interest. Actually, near electrocution... Alice's was the most interesting topic anyone could think of and maybe Mrs Hazelwood realised that so Alice got to give her report which was very long and very boring. Who but Alice you had to wonder could make electrocution sound boring. Then came the big surprise. Imogene Herdsman began clapping even before Alice was through and pounding and hammering on the kids sitting beside her to do the same. I couldn't help it Louise said. She just had me by the ear and she would have twisted them off. All she said was, you better clap or you'll have two new holes in your head. Naturally, Lewis clapped along with Imogene's other neighbours and they kept on clapping until Mrs Hazelwood finally came in and said, very well, that will be enough now. I guess she couldn't believe her own eyes and ears, so that took a while. At recess I found Imogene and her sack of donuts. They had to be pretty stale by then, but they'll make good rocks she said. You must have really liked Alice's report, I said. She shook her head. 
Who cares if her ears sizzled or her toes turned blue? That didn't happen. She never said it happened. Would have made a better story. Imogene, I said, you didn't even listen to her report. So what was all your clapping about? We owe her. She aimed a donut at the back of the building and grinned, sly and sneaky. She blew out the lights. I guess the herdsmans didn't think of that. Or if they did, they couldn't figure out how to do it. And then here came Alice, the Christmas tree, to do it for them. And it was the perfect thing. Mysterious candy, missing kids, secret slide. And then, just like that, blackout. It was the last tree for Mr Crabtree, according to my mother. That poor man, she said. The whole point of this was to have a herdsman free Halloween. And you know what he said? He said, I would rather have the herdsman's. Well, he did have them. We all had them. The herdsmans were all over Widrow Wilson's school on Halloween night, in Boomer's gorilla suit, in my father's pants. They were doing the Dracula type in long black cloaks. Ongoing investigation of theft at Morgan Cleaners, the newspaper said. Winter garments stolen, perhaps by the needy. After all, who but the herdsmans had enough candy to fill up the boiler room? After years of taking everyone else's candy, who but the herdsmans could run around stealing coats from the cleaners and slides from the playgrounds? After all, who but the herdsmans had enough candy to fill up the boiler room? After years of taking everybody else's candy, who but the herdsmans could run around stealing coats from the cleaners and slides from the playground? Who but the herdsmans could spray paint their cat black. And who else's cat would survive that? Who but the herdsman's would think to do those things? But why? Luella said. There were several suggestions. They did it for the doughnuts, was of course Alice's idea. They had to get the candy out of the house. As if Mrs. Herdsman's was a normal clean-up-that-mess mother. They just wanted to ruin the PTA Halloween party. But wait a minute, Boomer said. It was a really great Halloween. And the greatest trick-or-treat ever. So was that why they did it? We could ask them, I said. But nobody jumped to do that, including me. Because if the herdsmans wanted you to know what they had done, they would tell you. And if they just wanted you to wonder about it, you should just wonder about it and keep your mouth shut.